0: The 12th chapter of Hilchas Malva Veleva, The Laws of Lending, Lender and a Borrower. This chapter contains 11 halachas and will deal with the issue of collecting a debt from the estate of someone that has passed away from the orphans or the heirs of his estate. Perakshneim Aser, The 12th chapter, halacha Aleph. One is only allowed to collect a debt from the Inheritors, the heirs of the estate, of the one that owed you the money, one can only collect from the orphans if they are grown up, if they are over the age of 13. However, should they be under the age of 13, one may not collect a document regarding a loan. The Rambam carefully mentions over here, that the loan was with a document, with a a shtar. This is because in the previous peric, in Halacha Dalit, the Rambam distinguished between a verbal loan and a loan with which there was a document. In both of them, the Rambam said, you can collect from the yorshin, from the the heirs. However, there in Halacha Vav, the Rambam clarified that there are only three cases in which one can collect from the heirs should it be a verbal loan, which he explicates there, three different cases where it would be impossible for the heirs to say that this loan was repaid. Furthermore, as the Magid Mission explains here, should it be that case, it applies both to children and to, to grown-ups, since there is no possible claim here of, of uh, that, that the loan was already repaid. This, that one can collect from the orphans in those three cases, even though it is a verbal loan, applies both to old and young. What is it talking about over here in Perek Yud Bays? It's speaking about a loan which with which there was a document. And in this case, the Rambam differentiates between Gudalim and Katanim. Halacha Base, in continuation of the first Halacha, called and even if the document had written in whatever stipulation you could imagine to try to ensure that the lender would be repaid in event that the borrower dies nevertheless no matter what is written there the lender cannot collect anything at all until the orphans grow up and why do we wait perhaps they will bring some proof which can ruin this document and show that the document is false or does not apply whereas when they are young they would not be able to do so therefore we wait until they are Grown until they're over the age of 13 to give them a chance to disprove this document which is against them. shall Gimel. Let's say the money which was owed was a loan which their father had taken out from a non-Jew. And the non-Jew was collecting interest on this loan. So through delaying repayment of the loan until they grow up, the orphans will end up losing a lot of money because interest will continue to accrue and they could perhaps lose the entire estate as a result of the tremendous interest. because, and we see that the interest is consuming their property. In such a case, We appoint a guardian for these orphans. And these is and they are allowed, meaning this, this guardian is allowed to take charge of the property of the orphans, he can sell this land or any of the belongings of the estate and use it to pay off the debt in order that the interest should not continue to accrue. In the, next, in the rest of this halakha, and the next halakha, the Rambam will deal with a case of a woman who is, who is claiming her ksuba, the rights for her marriage contract from the estate. To properly understand these halachas, we'll have to give a little introduction from what the Gemara says regarding why we should allow the woman to be able to collect something from the estate of the orphans. Since she has no part in it, the children have the part in it. The Gemara gives two reasons why she should be allowed to collect. The first reason that the Gemara gives is because of mezaines, in order that she should be able to eat. However, the Gemara points out that it is an only, only in the case of an almana, in the case of a widow, is she allowed to take from the estate for her food. In the case of a grusha, a divorced woman, who also has the right to her ksubah, she is not allowed to take from this estate for her food, for mezenes, because she has no right to it. She was already divorced, and the husband had no, no responsibility to support her. The Gemara, however, brings a second reason, mishum china. The word chen for the, literally the grace of the woman. In other words, in order that she should be more charming and more attractive because she has some money with her also. Perhaps then she will be able to find a husband more easily since she is not in a state of abject poverty. Both of these reasons are brought. According to the first reason, only an almana, a widow, would be allowed to collect and not a divorced woman. However, according to the second reason, both of them would be allowed to collect because both of them are in need of this of this extra charm so they should be able to find a husband quickly. As we will see, the Rambam will primarily rely on the second reason and therefore apply this law not only to an almana, a widow, but a grusha, a divorced woman isha and so too just as we intervene in the case where the loan was taken with a non-Jew and interest is accruing we intervene even though the orphans are underage so too with the woman who was claiming her ksuba the money promised her in the marriage contract whether she is a widow or divorced we appoint a guardian for the orphans and they are also allowed to take charge of the property for the second reason we mentioned because of in order that she should be more charming in order that she should have a little bit of money to use for a dowry or whatever in order that she should be able to marry someone else and therefore since the main reason is because of if the woman hurried up and found herself a husband and she got married and, and afterwards she comes to claim for her Ksuba from, from the belongings of the heirs. In such a case, law we are not required to pay attention to her until the orphans have grown up. Shari is, because first of all, she has no right to any food, any mazenis, at least in the case of a grusha. And as the Rambam explained in Hilchah's the same thing applies to a widow after she has been married. She no longer has any right to the food, getting food from the estate. And furthermore, you're worried about Chayim. You're worried she should have money, she should be able to get married. You don't have to worry about that now either. But Nisa? She's already married. So what do you have to give her money to find a husband? She found a husband already. So now there's no reason to give her any money from the estate. And therefore, she's like any other Balas Chayim. Anyone else that is owed money from the estate, she must wait until the orphans grow up. <speaking in> Halacha <Hebrew> dalit. However, <speaking in Hebrew> some of the Gainim have ruled Should the amount of belongings in the estate be just enough to cover the price of the ksuba, or less than to cover the price of the ksuba? In other words, should the woman recover this money, the orphans will have little or nothing left. In such a case, we are not required to pay attention to her demands. Share'en Because over here there is no good whatsoever that can come to the orphans. What is the idea of this for the orphans here? Because the qainim decide like the first reason in the Gemara. Shalei Lipare'a The only time we say that we intervene to sell the belongings of the orphans in order to pay off the E only in order that the belongings should not decrease in price as a result of having to pay for her food. They decide, like the first reason of the Gemara, that the reason you want to sell the land and pay off the Ksuba is that before you pay off the Ksuba, the widow is allowed to take her, her food from the estate of the orphans. And just like in the case where the loan is accruing interest and therefore the belongings of the of the orphans are decreasing, so too if you do not pay off the ksuba of this widow, she will be eating food. And until the orphans grow up, perhaps she will consume the entire estate. They learn the that the whole thing is for the good of the usayimim of the orphans, to keep the estate from dwindling. Because if you don't pay off her ksuba and take away the possibility, the, the necessity of paying for her food, the entire thing will go away. And in this case, since she's going to be taking away the entire estate anyway, what possible merit is there for these orphans who are underage that we should have to go into their property and take it away. And these Gainim do not worry about the second reason of the Gemara that say it is for the charm of the woman that she should be able to be married. And the Magid Mishnah points out that with this phrase, the Rambam means to show that he does not agree with the Gainim. That since the Rambam already said in Allah Gimel that we do worry about ha'isha to give her money that she should be able to remarry, that the second reason of the Gemara is the primary cause over here and therefore even the Grusha gets repaid. So therefore we see that this law that the Ga'inim bring down and the Rambam quotes in Halakha Dalet the Rambam does not agree with and therefore the law would be that even if the Ksuba would cover the entire amount of the estate nevertheless she would be allowed to collect it. After beginning the discussion of appointing of a guardian for the sake of the estate in Halacha Gimel the Rambam continues this discussion in the next three Halakhas. Halacha Hei See the the father who was the, the cause of the inheritance if he commanded his children before he died and he said "Tnu give a mana a certain amount of money to a certain person in such a case there could be a dispute that even though he said explicitly that he should be given a mana there still should, could be a dispute as to what kind of mana he meant because there are different types of mana there could be a mana tzuri, which is worth 100 zoos there's a mana shamedina which is only worth 12 and a half zoos Which one did he mean? Since there is a dispute, that you do go to their property to take out a mana, but only after you have appointed a guardian to claim for them that the lesser amount was what was meant. This is only if the amount was not clearly specified. However, Amar If he said, "Give this particular mana to him," or you saw the Plaini, or this particular field, and specifies specifies which field he means, Then you give it immediately. There is no need to appoint a guardian since it's clear what the father meant. Halachavav Nim Karka Sha'ena Let's say we find that some land does not belong to them, does not belong to the children. The claimant says that it was stolen, that the father who now passed away stole it from him. In such a case, we have no proof that it belongs to them. And therefore, nizkokin we immediately, even though they are still underage, we listen to this claim, umamidim lahem we appoint a guardian, litain velodin, to make the claims for them and to stand in judgment. Should it be found in judgment that it was indeed stolen, then the land is returned to the original owner. This is an exception to the general law that we do not interfere with the estate while they are still underage. Since in this case it's possible they stole it, one nevertheless appoints a guardian immediately and takes the takes the property away. The Koton Shatokov and so too a minor who took his servants and by force activated them the Yorod Loseks de Khaverovukovsha. And he went into the field of another and conquered the field, literally conquered it, he took it into his own possession. In such a case, we do not say let's wait until he grows up before we bring a claim against him and try to re- reclaim this property from the miner. But we take the mon- the property immediately away from him. Let's say he would have a proof that it's really his. He still has a way of getting it back when he grows up and turns 13 if he has witnesses he can bring his witnesses and should they be valid then he will be able to reclaim the land afterwards but since we see here clearly that he has taken her away by force we nevertheless judge him even though he is a minor this was all in the case where it was possible for the claimant to bring a, a claim that the land was stolen Land which was within the possession of the the youngsters, meaning the heirs to the estate, meaning that it was clear to everyone that their father at one time owned this field, and there was clear proof for it. Along comes someone who says that he bought it from their father. And he has witnesses that he took possession of the land and ate the fruit there for the years of a chazaka, meaning he was in possession of the land for three years while the father was still alive. And this is usually sufficient proof that he was really in possession of the field. Because if he was not in possession, why is it that the real owner, the father, in this case, didn't show up to proclaim his ownership of the field? In such a case, even though it seems... That this person has a good claim. Since it's clearly within their possession, he, we do not take it away from their possession until they grow. And what is the reason? Eidim baldin. We can never accept testimony unless the person being judged against is present. And a child, it is as if he is not standing here. Since he is unable to make his claims and he has no legal bearing in the law, even if he is present, it's considered as if he's not there. And since he's not there, we cannot collect testimony against him. Apparently, the reason we apply the principle in this case, and not in the previous halacha, is that since over here, at least there is the chazaka, that the land belongs to them, we cannot bring a judgment to take it away. Whereas in the previous case, we don't even know to begin with whether it belongs to them. However, when does this apply that the claimant cannot bring him to judgment only when the only evidence he has of his possession of the field are witnesses that he has used it for three years? However, if he can produce a document that he bought it from the Father, in such a case, he must bring the document to court and validate it as to its authenticity. And then he can take the land away from them after a guardian has been appointed, since he has clear proof by means of this document. Allah from here to the end of the perek, the Rambam deals with the actual procedure in those cases when the land of the orphans which they inherited will be cashed in to pay back a debt. What is the procedure that the Bezdin sells the land? When the Jewish court comes to take hold of the possessions of the heirs in order to sell them, First, they estimate the value of the land. And then they make announcements for 30 days consecutively. Or for a time period of 60 days, announcing every Monday and Thursday. Since these were the days that people would come to the marketplace. And it would also be the days of the Bezdin that the Bezdin would sit. Many people would hear that the land is for sale. And they announce it twice each day. Once in the morning when the workers are beginning to work and once at night when they are leaving their work. And anyone that might wish to buy this land can send his workers, his employees to investigate, inspect the field to see whether it's worthwhile. And at the time of announcements, they must mention certain things. First, they must strictly define the exact boundaries of this field. And they also announce how good it is, meaning how much fruit is produced in the last growing season. And what is its estimated value? All of this they are doing, in order to, to ensure that the land will get the proper price for the good of the orphans. Also they announce, What is the purpose of its being sold? In other words, what is it that the, that the heirs need this money for? Is it being paid? it being used to pay off someone that they owe money to, that their father owed money to, or is it being sold for the ksuba, for the marriage contract of his wife. What should be the difference as to who is actually getting the money? There is a difference. There are some people that would rather give it to somebody that had a loan against them, whereas other people would rather give it to the woman for a ksuba. What should be the difference between these two things? The Gemara explains some people would rather give it to someone that had lent the father money because since he is a businessman, businessmen are not so careful about the quality of the coins. Since they are constantly doing business, they'll take broken coins or imperfect coins and so on. Since the, the condition of the coins was of great relevance in those days since they went primarily by weight. So if a person had a lot of these coins, he would prefer to buy a field from somebody who was a Baal whereas other people would rather sell it to a woman, that she is not going to invest the money, she's going to use it for food. Therefore, she's not going to demand it in one lump sum, she will also accept it a little bit at a time. So this would be a further incentive for somebody to buy the field if either they had gold uh, broken coins, or if they wanted to pay a little bit at a time, they would have more incentive by knowing who it is that it's being sold to. (laughs) <laughs> when you write the adrachta, an adrachta is the writ, the document, which is the, the official document the court provides to show that one is allowed to collect the debt from the property of the orphans. When you write such a document, on the possessions of these orphans, regardless of whether they are grown or minors, you must write the following. Vikarnu that we recognize shana chosim ha elu that these belongings heim shel ploini belonged to this certain person who died. They must specify that it's shana ha They're not allowed to write that everything belonged to him. They must specify which things they're talking about. Vim leikos v'kach and if they didn't write this harayad this writ is invalid and therefore ve'ein ayichlin ba The person that bought the land based on such an adrakta is not allowed to use the land and consume the produce. Even after all of the announcements have been fulfilled, the whole 30 or 60 days has passed, still the one that buys is not allowed to consume the produce of the field. Halachiyut. If the court sold it without making these announcements, nasu kamisha tol mishnah. The law regarding this, as with someone that made a mistake in the mishnah, since it is explicitly described in the mishnah in erachin, the Bezdin must make these hachrozahs. If they did not do so, do so it's like tol's bedvar mishnah. And what is the law in that case? v'chayzrim They must sell it a second time after having made these announcements. The law is that in Tazpit about a Mishnah, it's such a bad mistake that it's like no judgment was entered in the first place. It's going against the Mishnah. It's as if they said nothing at all. It was such a, such a gross error. So therefore, even though it might have been sold the first time by the court, since they did it without Hachraza, they must resell the land a second time and a court that sold land on the orphans on the heirs in the event for example that the orphans owed money to someone else or their father owed it to someone else and that person will come and grab this piece of land it is considered that the one that bought it based on the announcements of bezdin, has been bought it with Achrayis with responsibility and therefore should the be taken away from him as a result of a previous debt on the part of the orphans, he nevertheless will be able to go back to the orphans and reclaim his money since it is automatically assumed to have been a sale with Akhras. And now the final halacha in the perech, Halachiyud Aleph. If they're saying in halacha yud that if the Bezdin did not make Akhras at all, they are called the ones that have made a mistake in Mishnah and therefore the sale must be done all over again from the beginning. The final halacha deals with cases when the bezdin made something of a lesser mistake. And we'll deal with four different cases. First case, halacha Yiralef. ubezdin karoi, if the court made a, the announcements in a proper way, ubotku yofa yofa, and they made a good investigation of the field, v'diktiku bashuma, and they were very exact in determining its estimated value, should they have done this properly, apopi shato, even though they should have made a mistake in the sale and sold something worth 100 for 200 or something worth 200 for 100, nevertheless, the sale is still valid. As the commentaries explain, that even though it was sold for a different price, it could, it could be as a result of the different market pressures, not as a result of their improper determination of the estimated value. Incidentally, many of the commentaries point out a Machoikis whether it, this only applies if there is a difference of 50% or whether if it's more, in this case it would invalidate the sale. And the Rabbim uses these examples of 50% as exact examples, whereas the, they are the maximum. Should it be more, that the deal is nullified. This is all the first case, that the Bezdin did everything properly. Now the second case. im le'i bodko Bashuma. If, however, they did not investigate it to, to determine the proper value. But, of course, we get us? Picatus. And they did not write a letter reflecting their investigation. Which indicates the exact estimation, estimated value and all of their announcements. So in other words, they did not do their job properly. And then they made a mistake. In such a case, that they overcharged by a sixth, for example something worth five they charge six or they undercharge by a six something worth seven they charge six in either of these examples since it was, the mistake was more than one-sixth mechram the sale is invalid but paul's mishtoos should the mistake have been less than one-sixth mechram kayim the sale is valid since the custom is that things which are less than one-sixth people are not necessarily uh careful about they're not makpid that this should invalidate the sale. And now a third case. And so too, if the land was sold at such a time that one did not need to make announcements, and they made a mistake by undercharging or overcharging one sixth, so too in these cases, should it have been more than a sixth, the sale is invalid even though they might have made an announcement because in this case since the announcement was unnecessary it's as if they didn't make the proper announcement there was no uh, there was no announcement possible over here therefore sure they made a mistake of more than a sixth the deal is is nevertheless invalid however paqas mishtuz should be less than 1/6 kayim. in this case the sale is valid afa khrizu even though they did not make the announcement traynam sarikh ba since it is not necessary to make an announcement at such a time. Should it be a time that one does not need to make an announcement, since it is such a time, as long as it's less than six, the sale is still valid. And what is such a time that one does not need to make an announcement? For example, you're selling the land in order to pay for the burial of the person, or to buy food for his wife and children, or to pay the taxes of the king. In any of these cases, Ain It is not necessary to make an announcement since these things are so so necessary and immediately necessary. Since we cannot waste any time with such important matters, we do not necessitate announcements and the land is sold immediately. Since no announcements were necessary in this case, as long as the mistake was less than a six, the sale is still valid valid. And now the final of these cases, of this halacha. So too, if the court is selling different articles, different things which do not need announcement. Should their mistake have been more than a sixth, or more than a sixth? In that case, the sale is invalid. Should it be less than a sixth, then it is still a good sale. And and the following are are things, are matters, which one does not need to make an announcement about. Three things. Servants or documents or movable objects. Should one sell any of these three, it is unnecessary to make an announcement. Havadim. One does not have to make the announcement regarding servants. that perhaps the servants will hear that they're going to be sold and they will run away for fear of coming to a new master. When it comes to documents and movable objects, one does not make an announcement, a naval. perhaps they will be stolen. When everyone hears that these orphans have documents containing money uh, with, that they, one can collect money with, or they have movable objects, we have to be afraid that thieves will hear and come and steal the, the money, the movable objects or the documents. Therefore, when it comes to these three things, servants, documents, and movable objects, their value is estimated in the Besden, in the court, and they are sold immediately. However, if the marketplace is close to the city, one transports the, the servants to the marketplace. Since one would get a normal price, and a better price over there, as long as it is close, we force... Uh, the Besden to bring the servants over there to be sold should it not be close however then they do not have to sell it they can sell it at the local price